HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio, radio for young farmers by young farmers, recorded live and every week on Heritage Radio USA. I'm happy to be joined today by Jeremy, who is farming and organizing out in Michigan. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, how you doing? How's it going over there? Ah, not too bad. It's a beautiful day here in Michigan. It's a beautiful day here. Where I am too. How has that? Um, how did Sandy hit you, or did it at all? Uh, did not at all. Um, maybe, maybe just a little light uh, from winds and cold weather for a little bit uh, afterwards. But uh, no, nah, we don't get affected by hurricanes yet. Well, we'll just wait for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so right. let's let's talk about where you live and why you felt like. Um, Doing some organizing around and farming in the city, and how that how that all got started. Okay, well, I could start, or you can ask me some questions. I'll just uh, you, I'll just get going. And you can you can start with tell us about the place where you live and why you felt like gardening was a good thing to do there. Okay, well, I live in Battle Creek, Michigan. It's a town of about fifty thousand people, um, home of Kellogg Corporation, and. Uh, it's uh it's a pretty depressed um area economically um a lot of vacant land uh a lot of houses that have been torn down uh, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a resurgence in the last few years but um I have been a backyard gardener for fifteen years and uh worked in food justice and food cooperatives and uh um and as a community organizer and um getting to know people in my community, uh, found that a lot of folks uh, realized, as I did, that there was a lack of, lack of locally, locally grown food, 
lack of healthy food options, uh, a lot of vacant space being unkempt, and uh, so a lot of us kind of put our heads together and created a grassroots movement to uh, repopulate this vacant land and grow food for people there. Um, so community, so I like this about community organizing. Um, could you explain a little bit some of the principles that you carry around in your head that maybe you don't articulate necessarily so deliberately uh, on a day-to-day basis, but maybe you do deliberately say them in grant proposals. But many times people are not familiar with what community organizing is, even though Obama was one. Can you just say yeah. what that is to you? Yeah, I can. I can definitely explain it. Um, often, uh, oftentimes, people ask me when I say that I'm a community organizer, they say that I can be president. Uh, that's funny. Um, I don't desire to be president, uh, but uh, the president, our president, uh, has done a lot more than just be a community organizer. And I think the the term has been tainted uh, in the past few years because of politics. Uh, community organizing is a a multi-partisan, um, you know, community empowerment. Um, Approach to me, um, to me, community organizing is um, it's more of kind of a reminding of, of people that uh, a that they they hold the power to make any change happen in their community, and um, that you know that, that, that people are in charge, and uh, with uh, large numbers you can really do anything, um, positive things you know, and I guess you know negative things come from community organizing can come from community organizing as well. Uh, it just depends on what you want to. What you want to call it? Um, it. One of my approaches, and this is common um, community organizing approach, it's not like something that I invented or anything. Uh, you know, it's 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 really about building relationships. It's about making you know making friends. Um, I think you know in our age of technology and smartphones and Facebook, uh, we all have some you know faux friends, but we we don't necessarily have uh, real. Um, you know, a lot of real relationships based on um, based on real conversations and getting to know people and their passions and uh, what lights, you know, what lights a fire under them, um, what gets them to do whatever it is that they do, uh, you know, throughout their day, throughout their lives. And so, um, you know, community organizing is, is, is talking to people, finding, you know, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations, which uh, it's really hard for people to do in a PC age, uh, and find out what, uh, you know, what got them where they are, um, yeah, it's it's not scientific by any means. It's uh, it's really just talking to people and listening, and uh, you know, not forgetting that uh, you know, even as a community organizer, you have your own self interest. So everybody has uh, self interest and passion. And how do we, you know, how do we marry groups of people's different passions into you know common causes and find things that we can work together on to make our communities better places? And so, so sometimes that's uh, you know. Figuring out a way to get your municipality to uh, fix your sidewalks in a in a depressed neighborhood that's not taken care of. Other times, it's uh, getting together and you know building small community-ran businesses, so, you know food cooperatives, or uh, you know just planting flowers along a street. Sometimes it's uh, putting together community gardens, and so that's uh, some of the work that I've been doing is uh, organizing organizing both community gardens. That was kind of our first step. And that really built a kind of a large movement around uh, community food in general um, in in our city. Is that a good answer? That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Type that up and send it in. Um, 
Well, and, and, you know, something I've been talking about lately, you know, with friends in, uh, I was just at a conference out in New Mexico, a ranching conference about managing grasslands and soil carbon and diversity and training, uh, training new lambs to eat weeds because uh, their mothers won't eat the weeds, but the new lambs will. Anyway, we were talking about all these things and the systems that we're managing uh, and the context that we're managing and the goals that we're managing for in terms of grasslands, um, but also in terms of our relationships and the, the direct relationships that we really actively use as young farmers. And, you know, we're being urged to Facebook this and LinkedIn that and, you know, tweet, tweet with the hashtag, and we were thinking, like, well, you know, all of that social media, as much as it's nice to see uh, our, you know, sol- or express our solidarity, you know, with the click of a mouse, so much of that happens through uh, screen, like a uh, screen face or a screen interface, and that that means that basically you're alone, and that you're basically alone and sitting down somewhere with Wi-Fi, um, which is very much the opposite of being outside in the middle of your city with people that you may never have known before walking past. Um, you know, really open and ready to engage. And so, in that sense, community gardening and community organizing are an older kind of, like, social social involvement and social media, and that you have to allow yourself uh, to, you know, be open for, like, what strangers might walk by. I thought maybe you could reflect on, you know, what maybe is a positive part of opening yourself up to strangers and maybe a little bit like explain the succession dynamic um, of how you guys started that project and then how it's kind of grown uh, based on the relationships that you made in real in real in real space in human space. Okay. Um, yeah, I might not remember all your questions. But <laughs> I'll try. To, I'll try to get some of them, and if, if I forget something, you just uh, feel free to let me know. So um, I'm I'm gonna remember the one that stuck the most. Uh, like. I don't know, like like meeting strangers and managing relationships, and and how kind of we came to even build a network. Um, often, um, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely an idea person, but um, and and I always have been. But whenever um, you know, I have great ideas in my head, and then once um, you, know, you talk to other people that have great ideas too, they become much greater ideas, and uh, so. Definitely not about the I, and um, you know, it's about collective thinking and, and uh, you know, knowing that uh, well, and being comfortable with the fact that whatever you um, whatever you may think about the world or whatever you may think about what you know might need to happen, there's probably you know a bunch of people that agree with you. There's some people that might disagree. There's some people that have some way better ideas, and uh, just be open to um, you know, kind of. Be, being adaptive as, you know, humans, if, if you're, you know, somebody that even, you know, considers evolution to be something that actually happened, uh, you know, we're an adaptive creature and uh, nothing good ever comes out of stagnation and nothing good, good ever comes out of being, you know, stuck with your own you know, sort of mindset and values and not being open to what other people think. So, and that being said, that was all a little theoretical um, Stuff that I was just was just saying, but you know, putting that into application, you know, having a let's say building a community garden, and we're not just community gardeners, but that's how we started by meeting, you know, getting people together in their own neighborhoods and who who wanted to grow their own food out of you know many different 
different desires. And then getting them into a room together to talk about um, community assets, talk about, um, you know, a lot of people are scared of the word assets. It sounds like money and it sounds like, you know, stuff that rich people have and, you know, are they, you know, are they the friend or the enemy? It's, it's training people that the word assets has nothing to do with money, it, but it does have a lot to do with capital, social capital, and um, um, ability. And so, you know, everybody has something to offer every situation. And can you can you be comfortable giving people the power um, to use, you know, their passions, their skill sets uh, to make something like co- collective action really great? So in a community garden, you know, you get together with some people in a neighborhood and... Um, you know, you're certain to have some green thumb, um, maybe even a couple, maybe maybe even somebody who's only grown in, um, you know, like post 1950s chemical age, and they're going to be really it's going to be really hard to you know, talk them into not using weird chemicals. And somebody who maybe you know staunch organic, and getting them to work together, and um, you know maybe changing some of their ways together, um, and then maybe there's an artist. And boy, aren't artists fun to work with sometimes? I'm not an artist, but uh, they make beautiful things. Now, they don't always show up on time, but uh, but they they make space beautiful, and we need we need that. We need musicians. We need cooks. We need you know. There's there's a place for a lawyer who doesn't even want to get dirty um, because they know how to change zoning regulations in your city so that you can sell produce from your community garden, so that you can buy um, you know a rain harvesting system, or you can build a pergola or whatever you want. So I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's all, it's very communal and, um, and I, I use that word like kind of tongue in cheek. Um, a lot of, a lot of words that I use in, in community gardening, community food work, um, it, they, they do scare some people, uh, cause it sounds really hippie and, and communistic or socialistic and oh my God, so bad when, you know, when everybody has little pieces of the power, but, uh, it's what, what, what I, um, you know, and we have, we have groups of people that are, you know, this is, again, a multi-partisan approach. Uh, my, my favorite thing is to convince uh, Republicans, conservatives, and liberals alike that, uh, you know, uh, food is something that we all eat, something that we can all grow, and um, having the power to sustain yourself in your own community is, you know, it's both and um, there's there's a place for everybody to get along. I think you know, having done community organizing in in different different neighborhoods, um, you know, a lot of it is sort of a, a deficit approach. Look, you know, what are we missing? What do we want from the city, or what do we want from some, you know, some some organization that has power? How do we want them to distribute their power more equally? Whereas you know, whereas food, um, it's a really positive thing. Like we get together and you eat and you grow food together and you you feed people together or you know, you, you, you provide local restaurants with things grown by local farmers and local people, and then, you know, all of a sudden people are talking about some, you know, small five-acre farm down the road that nobody knew about, and all of a sudden, you know, the brewery is selling their collard greens. Uh, I think it's really cool. <laughs> and so, and then, and, then um, and I know I'm kind of rambly. That's how my mind works. Um, I'm going to kind of touch base on the succession question that you asked. Uh, so... We had, we, had, we had organized a bunch of community gardens, like 35 community gardens here in Battle Creek, and um, people people asked me or some people on my staff some of the same kind of questions, like, uh, you know, who's in charge or what rules do you have for these community gardens? And, and um, it's it's so funny because it just kind of it reminds you of how society acts often. 
they want rules and they want people to tell them what to do. Uh, that's not my approach, nor is that an approach of community organizing. Um, people, you know, our community gardens are autonomous, as are different food systems are autonomous, and uh, um, and so they have their own rules. Some of them, you know, build raised beds. Some of them test the heck out of their soil every three months. Some of them rotate their crops all around. Some of them plant in circles. Some of them plant in straight rows so that they can use drip irrigation. Some of them harvest rainwater. Some of them don't. Uh, and there's also, you know, all kinds of questions and about, uh, you know, what do you, what do you do when people steal vegetables from a community garden? That's kind of a funny one too, because I don't really think that anybody owns, owns the vegetables in a community garden. If somebody stole vegetables from a, from my garden, well, it would, you know, it might stink if I was planning on eating that tomato. I'm, I'm kind of under the assumption that, uh, that person might be hungry, um, but certainly the one thing they're not doing is going and taking my tomato and then going and selling it for crack. So I'm not really that mad about it if they're feeding themselves or their family. And maybe if we can, you know, talk to somebody, if we catch somebody, you know, walking through a community garden, because maybe they just don't know about what's going on, and say, hey, you know, this is yours too. Come on and help out. We'll show you how to grow this. And you might not even have to grow it here. You can grow it in your own yard, um, or you can grow it with us in community. So, you know, there's, there's space for all kinds of people. There's space for, you know, really... You know, extroverted people to get together and, you know, build cop benches and listen to bluegrass music and slap their knees and dance around and, uh, weed vegetable gardens and water and, you know, have a really good time. There's also, you know, this place for, you know, the, uh, staunch individualists that, uh, you know, just wants to make sure that them, themselves and their family are taken care of. And, and, you know, I think that, uh, I think that community food, so I'm saying community food, not just community gardening, but community food work in general kind of, can remind us all that uh, food connects us in different ways, and um, I'm not sure if I answered everything, but um, I'm done until you give me another prompt. <laughs> Hello? Sorry, I put myself on mute. <laughs> oh, that was okay. a great. That was a. You went on a good roll. Um, and I and I think that that is exactly the com- the kind of complex answer and, and complex set of, set of relationships and systems and, you know, stakeholder involvement. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about, um, again, back reflecting on this conference I just went to, um, talking about thresholds and, um, you know, accelerating, accelerating, re, like, rejuvenation of ecosystems that, you know, for instance, you're trying to increase the diversity of the plant species that are there in the pasture you're trying to make better use of planning decisions so that animals will, you know, try new plants and try plants that aren't as palatable to them and uh, that you essentially set up the conditions for the kind of experience that you're describing in terms of community life where, you know, one set of actions leads to another set of actions and that it, it just accelerates uh, to the point where we, you know, may even consider it to be a, a fully functional democracy where people are actualizing on their best wishes and acting like citizens and feeling secure enough in their own lives uh, and their, with their own food to be able to have time to contribute uh, to service. Uh, let's just talk about where do you think this project could go? You know, what is the potential? Uh, what is your highest hopes for what comes out in terms of humans and in terms of food? Um, of this community project that you're working on. Okay. Um, well, I've, I've been working on some some, 
some really big sort of flow charts on messy paper, and I probably look like an artist right now to a lot of my friends because it's very scattered. Um, but it helps me kind of wrap all these ideas up. I've, and I've, I've came to the to the realization that it, it's actually kind of driving towards like an economic development program, um, you know, where if, if we are successful, if, if my organization, Sprout Urban Farms, is successful, we won't need to exist. And that's a really weird, you know, most businesses don't operate on that, you know, kind of mindset, but that's, that's a community organizing thinking is that, you know, if you're successful in organizing community, community doesn't need organizers anymore. They all are community organizers. And uh, so if we're successful in creating a healthy and robust community food system, um, that means that there's ownership at all levels, and uh, whether it's a small food truck that's working with, uh, you know, 10 small farmers and, you know, buying local food, and, you know, and eventually um, your region itself is, is sustaining itself together because, you know, your farmers, you get to meet them, you don't even... You don't even necessarily care if they're growing organically, but you know that they grow in chemical-free and sustainable ways because you visited their farm because they had a, a barn bash, you know, in September, and you checked out their hoop houses and you know the farmer, and not only you know not only do you know that that he has you know, that he that he or she uses sustainable practices or the, the kind of practices that you want to see and you want to eat from, but uh, but that they're real people um, that make mistakes. And uh, try things, and and learn, and fail, and succeed, and and um, so what I would love to have come from uh, our organization's work is that there are, there are you know multiple community gardens, that there are backyard, there are more backyard gardeners, and maybe that there are you know there are programs that are already working you know with youth and youth mentoring and senior mentoring where you know maybe there's some folks that can't really get out to community gardens and but they still want to eat healthy in their home and you either you know have you know mobile mobile markets delivering food right to neighborhoods uh, which we have a small one of those or you have sort of mentorship backyard gardening program where you know um, older folks uh, are working with younger folks right in their own yards to, to grow things together um, start building trust amongst one another, uh, and uh, you know it's not just about you know let's let's all eat really healthy food, but let's all be really healthy people with each other um, in relationship, and let's all you know, um, let's let's all be biodiverse together. It's not just a flora and fauna kind of word. Um, you know, it's all it's all connectivity. And again, I know that sounds really um, you know like some hippie talk or something, and I always like to bring that up because I I get a lot of people you know that that, that uh, you know. Think that you know, oh, this is just a, you know, it's just a little, you know, hippie resurgence movement, and uh, I just completely disagree. Um, while I love where that came from, and uh, fight for it in my own, you know, life, uh, it's just something, something for everybody, and there's a, there's a piece for everybody, and it's a um, when economic times are tough, and in Michigan, uh, they are, and they have been for a while. Uh, we sit in a really good place, although I think everybody does to start to you know, grow your own food and create your own businesses that are related to food. And that goes, I mean, um, beyond just farming and restaurants and food trucks and, you know, there's marketing potential, but there's, you know, web designers that, you know, have work now because of this work. Uh, so there's a place for every everybody, every, every career um, touches food. It's really fun to talk about, you know, job possibilities and, and you know, you know, figure out where you know you go to college career fair, and you can you can pretty much find an answer for everybody who has any kind of desire to do anything that uh, in a in a in a small agricultural system or even in a big one. Um, I'm sure that you know as things as things localize and 
they don't have any delusions of grandeur that everybody everywhere is just going to grow local food and that, you know, there's going to be some sort of, like, mass industry takeover and, you know, large industry is not going to exist because it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem uh, like that's going to happen. Um, it's, it seems like it's going to be, um, this, this is, this is a, this is a movement where everybody's involved and where we, we talk about where, where we as small grassroots people all over the nation and all over the world, um, you know, have the ability to change the ways of thinking of large industry to, 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 to purchase more regionally. And this is happening with, uh, you know, food distributors like Cisco and Gordon Food Service and, um, I don't even know all of them, you know, providing local foods to universities and hospitals and, uh, public schools and having schools grow their own food, you know, having, having kids learn science, um, by growing food right outside, getting outside and getting away from the book. And, uh, you know, we talk, the education, they talk a lot about differentiation and different learners, and yet still there's a lot of people sitting in front of books looking at, you know, blackboards or whiteboards or whatever, and that's not how everybody learns. So really, um, you know, integrating this into all kinds of classroom settings, I, I, you know, I, I think it can go anywhere, and I think, you know, where I hope it, it goes with us is that, uh, you know, our organization helps start new business, helps empower people and, uh, you know, remind them that, it's, that, that they have power and that they can start their own businesses and that, that they have to take, you know, maybe take some small risks and work together cooperatively, collaboratively, collectively, um, you know, whether you want to start a cooperative or, you know, whether it seems a little bit anarchistic and it's some sort of interesting collective restaurant or whether it's just a straight small mom-and-pop business, um, you know, and all of these, all these people with their different ideas working um, together in, you know, at least somewhat pseudo-harmony. It's a lot better than the hierarchical systems that uh, exist right now, and I think even those hierarchies that, that hold power um, will end up having a place in a much more horizontal, uh, um, like, food chain sort of thing. Yeah, more horizontal food economy, which also means that people have to take responsibility, like that, you know, we were talking a lot about that, yes, being a small business owner means you're not working for the man and that you're, in many ways, more self-sovereign and in in more control of your own uh, destiny, but it also means more responsibility. And so that we, you know, that we have to kind of build the courage to do that part of it also. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We can't just... uh... Yeah, well, I mean, we have, I think that uh, you know, to, we we have to take responsibility for all of our choices, and whether that's uh, you know making poor choices to, you know, uh, and maybe it's not always a poor choice to buy the most inexpensive, cheap garbage food and put it in our body because you know that's the position that we're in in life, but rather to uh, you know start to you know educate our whole community. So I can't you know can't complain for somebody who. Um, you know, thinks that they can only afford TV dinners. Yet, um, you know, we can we can always make those TV dinners healthier. Uh, but also, you know, just uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 a huge community education piece, and we you can't being people that have the knowledge just kind of hoard it and 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 shun people and and talk down to people about you know like how they how they eat or how they consume. I mean, it's a societal um, problem and. We, you know, um, those of us who might, you know, know or think we know the right way to be, um, it's not our, it's not our responsibility to just, uh, you know, make people feel bad about their decisions, but rather just to like, continually educate each other and remind and learn from, you know, learn from each other. And that, uh, you know, and while I definitely don't think that I'm, you know, 
one of the people with all the knowledge that I need to instill upon others, but rather I'm looking for stealing and borrowing great ideas from all kinds of people uh, that, you know, live in different ways than I do and, um, you know, even as if um, my values better than I do because uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just make, you know, make the best decisions as I can every day and, and sometimes I falter and, uh, and so do others and sometimes you just can't, uh, you can't help you. You have to you know, take responsibility not for yourself in an individualistic sense, but uh, you know, um, if it, you know, think about what does it mean? Like, what does individuality and freedom really mean? Does it mean that you're, you know, you're a little sovereign nation amongst yourself or in your family, or is individuality like you know the fact that you have responsibility to um, to share, uh, to share knowledge, and to share share resources so that your so that your ability to, um, you know, maintain your own individuality and be creative and because of, so that can thrive and so, so other people can thrive in that kind of environment as well. So I think we've all just been down, you know, like uh, our society has been so globalized and, and, and uh, cookie cutter for so long um, while there's obviously always pockets of really creative individuality and, and uh, sustainability out there um, that, uh, you know, it's just it's our responsibility to be with each other, um, you know, whether we're, uh, you know, whether we're the kind of people that share everything, or we're the kind of people that, uh, you know, really take care of our own first. Uh, you can't take care of yourself without taking care of others. It's impossible. Well, it's clearly the world that we're going. Although the world that we live in seems to be more and more the same. Based on all the evidence, being more different is a good strategy. So maybe yes. uh, leave it there. If people want to find you, they can go to your farm, presumably. Do you have uh, regular volunteer hours, or or what are the best ways for folks to get involved, or if they wanted the to engage in philosophical conversations? Coincidentally, it's based on technology <laughs> through uh, sprouturbanfarms.org uh, or on Facebook. Um, we don't necessarily have regular volunteer hours currently. Um, we kind of we have um, we work with we work with volunteers either um, you know either as an as needed or as offered kind of basis. It's kind of a little little hit and miss. We we have regular volunteers that work at individual community gardens. We have an urban farm um, that's more of a production farm where we hire youth um, in the city from all parts of the city to work together, teach them how to farm, teach them how to sell things at market, and we uh, take volunteers there. Typically it's on, like, Saturdays when people are more available to volunteer, but we have residents that come out, um, you know, throughout the week and they volunteer for produce or they just volunteer just to give time, you know, and uh, um, it, but it kind of happens in, you know, in a more chaotic way than I, um, maybe than some people would like. Um, I thrive kind of in, in chaos, so it works for us. But um, you know, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't always work for everybody. Chaos. Some people like a little bit more organized organization. Um, but uh, you know, uh, plants don't grow in organized manners, and weather doesn't come in an organized way. And uh, you know, resources like a guy with a tractor that's willing to till uh, versus you know the an organization that has two oxen that really want to like donate their oxen to plow those opportunities just kind of happen and then you scramble to bring people out and, you know, and see and so, uh, you know, and help and 
experience oxen plowing a field or, you know, have kids, you know, see those oxen or a big tractor for the first time ever in their city, and it kind of just, just happens. We don't necessarily have regular volunteer hours, but we have lots of organizations that uh, offer volunteers um, for different in different ways, corporations, and actually it's... I don't, I don't dog on corporations, um, at least in my community, because, um, well, A, they, they're some of the biggest donors um, to funders. Uh, B, they're some of the biggest donors of sweat equity collectively. And, uh, you know, whether that's for a PR reason or not, um, we don't care. We just like to play well with everybody. And, um, and what, you know, when, it's, um, it's kind of like the meet, meet, meet people where they are philosophy, um, when when you're ready to volunteer, or you have an organization or a group of kids or whatever. Uh, there there are opportunities, and we'll find we'll find them immediately within you know a day or two. We had some Peace Jam volunteers last week that they were supposed to be helping at some other project, and uh, that project couldn't use them, so they called and uh, you know they said, hey, do you have any you know do you have volunteers coming out this Saturday? And while we didn't, um, and none of us were even going to be working that Saturday, we we changed you know we changed our schedule worked around and uh, yeah we've you know we have stuff we have a an old hoop house that needed to be fixed and um some some weeding done in a greenhouse and some some harvesting to be done and you know we just we just kind of we're always adapting and flexible to uh the needs of you know our immediate and our expanded community wherever they are at whatever point and whatever knowledge base whatever age or wherever they come from so that sounds really good, and uh, we'll leave it there. This has been another episode of Greenhorns Radio. That's Urban Sprout Farm in Battle Creek, Michigan, home of the Kellogg Corporation and the Kellogg Foundation, which is the funder of food systems work, especially as it relates to children and fitness. So if you're an urban person doing urban farm stuff and you're listening to this show because of it being about urban farming, consider applying to that foundation for funding. And consider checking out the work that these guys are doing. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Oh, like a ship on top.